He konai pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Welcome to episode 6, season 2 of Not Your Average Cricket Show, where we're hitting traditional cricket commentary for six. I'm Justin Gregory, and it's just me this week, I'm afraid. Zoe George will be back next week. She's just off attending to a bit of personal business. Now, I'm following all the action, and so is Zoe when she's here, from the ICC Men's Cricket World Cup in England. We're bringing you analysis, cricket puns, local legends, cricket-related current affairs, and guest hosts every Monday during the tournament. If you want to, you can join the conversation on the RNZ Vox Pop app, or email us, cricket at rnz.co.nz. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, or at rnz.co.nz forward slash series. And of course, you can listen to us on the RNZ app. On today's show, well, we're going to talk about our two big losses in the last week and look ahead to our game against England. We'll cross to the UK to talk to our correspondent Ian O'Brien and we'll meet local legend James Laver, Bay of Plenty's bat-making master. Today's co-host is high-performance coach Bob Carter, all the way from Christchurch. Bob, welcome. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. What do you make of these last two games, Bob? Well, yeah, obviously disappointing. Um, you know, a very tight game against Pakistan. Um, and, I, and I think at, uh, against Australia at Lords, you know, we were in a great position. But, um, you know, it's, it was uh, was disappointing to to lose like we did. I, th- I think it would have been nice for us to win the toss there. But, yeah, you can't always do that, of course. Australia seem to be peaking at just the right time, don't they? They're looking scary. Well, they've they've had an amazing twelve months. Where where I think twelve months ago they were rock bottom. I mean, they're yeah they're sort of they're fifth, fifth in the rankings coming into this tournament, and um, they they're sitting right at the top of the table, having having been the the one team I think that's already qualified and uh, with fourteen points, so just the one loss. Yeah, looking a few weeks back at the start of the tournament and setting aside your 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 hat as uh, the high performance coach for New Zealand cricket, who were you picking to win the tournament? Well, I, I, if you, if you look at the draw, Justin, I, I felt we had a we had a particularly strong draw, um, sort of a good start to get our teeth into the tournament, and then and then it picked up as as we went through, and yeah, and I still believe that you know four years ago. Yeah, you know, when we made the final, I think we've we've come, come along nicely over those last four years. So, I, I, I sort of could see us all going all the way again to the final. Um, with the other teams, I mean, a lot of, lot of talk around India, of course. Um, with uh, you know, particularly with with how strong they they've become, I suppose, with the with the IPL being being their sort of main event. Um, it's it's made their it's given them a number of players. Um, England have rebuilt since their disaster of 2015, and and although they've had a bit of a wobble so far, and and still still may not make the um, the semi-finals, um, I, I think you know they, they proved yesterday or last night what they could do, um, you know, by beating India and Australia. Well, you know they've got they've got some very fine bowlers as they proved against um, against the Black Caps uh, the other the other evening. Joining us as ever is our correspondent on the ground in England. It's Ian O'Brien, former Black Caps pace bowler and ooh, our, our unofficial cricket correspondent in the UK now. <laughs> Ian, Bob, do you two know each other? Have you worked together? Oh, yes, we do. Uh, Bob, Bob, I hope, I hope Bob's shoulders still still working. He used to give the most amount of throwdowns of anybody I've ever met. Hope his shoulders are okay. I'm all good, Ian. Nice to nice to talk to you. I've been I've been hearing you on the on the podcast. It's been good fun. Oh, thanks, Bob. It's probably the nicest thing you've ever said. Thank you. <laughs> to you. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. 
Well, speaking of not so nice things, let's talk about these last two games. New Zealand versus Pakistan. We scored 237 for six. Jimmy Neesham got 97 not out. Good innings. Colin de Grandhomme, 64. And the ever-present Kane Williamson, 41. Shaheen Shah Afridi took three for 28 off 10, which is figures you'd be, you'd be proud of. And in return, Pakistan, I'm struggling for a way to describe this innings, they got there in time, 241 for four with Babur Azam, fantastic innings of 101 not out. Chaps, we used eight New Zealand bowlers on the day, just a lack of penetration in our bowling? Uh, well, I, I think with the, the game itself, it was it was quite an interesting game. Obviously, I don't think we expected it to turn as much as it did. Um, that caught us a, li- a little bit by surprise when I, I think all the information that we'd gleaned that you know it would it would it would be a good wicket that may offer more with the seam so so we went that way but I mean Kane ended up bowling I think eight overs and um, and Mitchell Santner again bowled his full quota and was was a bit unlucky I mean I think it took took to an exceptional partnership by Babra Zam as you've mentioned and uh, Harris Sahail to to win the game um, after we'd we'd struggled as well and um, got our way back into the game through. Through Colin um, de Grandholm and um, Jimmy Neesham. Yeah, look, I'll go back to go back to last week's podcast where I said I thought that 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 took all the splinters out of the boys that had been on the bench. I thought they would have made four changes. I thought they should have and could have made four changes. And I thought um, uh, that Ish uh, would have uh, Ish would have played, uh, especially at uh, Edge Basin. It does turn at Edge Basin. It's one of the longer. Bigger boundary uh, grounds in the in the in the country, so I thought he would have played, which then meant they wouldn't have had to have um, gone to, uh, you know, Kane wouldn't have had to have bowled himself um, so much. Uh, so it was nice to see Nice play the last game, but um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen him play the game before. Everybody was fairly economical. Bolt, Henry, and Santner, in particular, were very economical. But even Colin Monroe had to had to bowl an over, which didn't go quite so well. Immediately after the game, coach Gary Stead said that they got their selections wrong. Should have played the extra spinner in each Sodi. Is it really as simple as that? It's never as easy as that. Bob trying to read a wicket and trying to get the team selection right. But I think given the given the um, given how they had been playing, they had to make a couple of changes. It wasn't it wasn't such a such a vitally important game where they could have actually given given a couple of guys a, a couple of extra guys a run, um, but but I still go back to the fact that it does turn um, at each best and they are big boundaries. So why why would you not give um, give your league spinner a crack there? Bob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's very subjective, isn't it? I mean, if you look at last night, I think last night's game, if I'm right in thinking, was at Edge Baston as well, and um, yeah, their two spinners, the Indian spinners, went for 160 off their 10 off their <laughs> 20 overs. So, so I suppose that yeah, it swings round, and and Virat Kohli uh, complained about complained about a, a short boundary. Um, England hit 13 sixes, and India hit one. So, uh, I mean, uh, clearly, as Gary has said, we 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 should have played Ish. Um, Sodi, um, and perhaps instead of Matt Henry, and and that would have been the change. And then what we'd have then have had, of course, is almost like the perfect uh, trio of spinners in in a left arm spinner in Santner, and then with with Williamson himself, to, you know, turning the ball away from the left hand batsman, and, and plus Ish who can turn it both ways, of course. So that would have been the that would have been the ideal. And I think you know Gary admitted that, that we didn't quite get it right there, and and we lost a lost a close game. It was a close game. It was a hard-fought scrap. Doesn't strike me as the sort of game that the Black Caps are going to come away from with any kind of mental scars. A certain amount of oh well, we learnt something there. On to the next game. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I mean, I, I think teams move on pretty quickly because you know you're playing a number of games. I mean, 
that when we play England, that's you know this will be our, our ninth game as it were in the round robin tournament. So um, yeah, you, you you sort of quickly move on, and and even from from the game against Australia, you know, I think the boys will, while well, they have, you know, they'll, they'll have already looked at the game and, and then, right, it's it's to the next game and an important game to, to play against England to try and get some momentum back in ready for the semi-finals. Bob, as a coach, how, how was that trying to get the boys back on task after a, after a, yeah, in a tournament sort of scenario, getting boys back on the bus for the next game? You're, you're always a bit of a challenge, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, as you as you would have known in many games, Ian, you know, you the the ones the ones you win, you um, you know, you're ecstatic and and you you can celebrate those. And and sometimes with the with the failures you have, the games you lose, you you quickly look at them. And and I think you can always learn a lot more, and um, and you put things right, ready for the next game. Um, so I, I think players very quickly move on, um, and I, I don't see too many scars. Well, a, a practical example of that would have been that you stepped in as the interim coach for the White Ferns in their tour to Australia earlier the year, this year. That was a team that had a, a troubled and difficult World Cup. How were they feeling when you stepped in? What did you do to get them up to where they needed to be? Um, yeah, it's interesting that, Justin. I mean, I, I had a great time um, stepping in for the for the two weeks. The girls were great. I mean, they welcomed me into the fold. I mean, I, I think they'd they were well set up. I mean, Haiti had done a done a great job with with how they ticked over and how they run. And obviously, there was then um, Haiti didn't go on that tour. Um, yeah, and she's a she's a really she's been a great work colleague of mine. Um, now now left, of course. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the two weeks. The the girls are very together as a group. Um, they've got great team spirit. Um, and and you know, leading into that game, we're in Perth, where we playing against Australia. We we had a great lead in of, of a number of days, and and at one stage, you know, unfortunately, we we lost that game um, by a, by about five runs, I think. And at one stage, I thought it was harder to lose than it was to win because we'd got ourselves into a great position. I think after that, it, it wasn't necessarily the the mental scar of losing that game. It was more the the sort of travel and play element of going from Perth to Adelaide and. And to be fair, Australia, um, you know, they, pretty they good play team. pretty well. Mm, absolutely true. Well, let's talk about the other Australian team, the men's team. In our game against them, Australia scored 243 for nine with Alex Carey, who just plays cricket the right way, don't you think? Scoring 71 of 72. Ushman Khawaja got 88 of 129. And Steve Smith got out to a screamer of a catch by Guptilov Ferguson. Just an absolute cracker. And Trent Bolt took four wickets for 51, including a hat-trick. Good to watch, eh? Oh, that's the first. That's the first time in a very long time I've actually clapped at the TV or clapped at a at something <laughs> happening. That guptal catch. No, it's a long time. I kind of dead pan a lot of a lot of cricket watching now for, for various reasons. But that guptal catch was the first time in a very, very, very long time that I actually got some real ecstatic sort of uncontrollable jubilation, if you like. And it was um, it was it was outstanding. Sadly, though, the, the sort of the converse of that was was Kawaja, who held that innings together, was dropped in the first. His first couple of balls by by Gupta at, uh, at second slip, and that was. Oh, it's just one of those games where you, where you can't do let that affect yourself. But but now I'm sure Gupta sits back and goes, "Gee, was that that Kawaja catch was would have been a good one, but but it hurts." And there's an element that he'll forget the Steve Smith catch and just be concentrating on the Kawaja catch. But um, <laughs> serious catch and, and a pretty good game of cricket. Pretty good game of cricket. New Zealand were all out for 157 runs, with Williamson scoring 40. The next higher was Ross Taylor with 30, and Australia won by 86 runs. <sighs> Batsman just not stepping up. Well, I, I think I mean, you mentioned Alex Carey. Um, 
I mean, he he gave us a little bit of a clue about about his his actual the way he plays when when I think he crunched his second ball through through extra cover four off Jimmy Neesham, um, and that that certainly sort of made you, made me sit up and think, oh, jeepers, um, and uh, and of course then they put that partnership together, uh, yeah, and I, and I think the wicket did deteriorate. Uh, I think we're finding that I mean Ian would know six weeks of of poor weather in in England and then suddenly. Suddenly, you strike a, a couple of hot days, and the wickets dry out, and things can change. Where you know, they don't change so quickly in New Zealand, they can change very quickly on the surfaces that we play on um, in the UK. Well, speaking of changes, we got some of the changes that we were asking for in the previous game. Henry Nichols came in for Colin Monroe and opened, scored eight, but looked kind of good doing it, bizarrely enough. And Ish Sodi came in for Matt Henry. He bowled six overs, thirty-five for none. The changes came; they didn't make too much of a difference. Oh, look, I still wanted um, Blunder or Open and, and Henry to come in further down. So, so Henry would replace Latham's position and Blunder would replace Munro. So I'm still, I'm still sitting on those four changes that I uh, asked for a couple of games ago. Um, yeah, a couple of changes. And one of the better opening partnerships, I know I know Nichols only got eight, but just the start of something, just just the start of something going in the right direction. Mm. Um, but yeah, and good to see Ish out in the park and... and um, and yeah, while not taking a wicket, certainly didn't hurt. Uh, certainly didn't hurt uh, New Zealand uh, by, by, by you know through his bowling. I thought he was pretty good for a first run out. Yeah, and I think you're showing your Wellington bias there, wanting Tom, Tommy <laughs> Blundell to open for the first time in yeah, a one day game. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He hasn't he hasn't been around for too long, but no. But every I, time he plays for New Zealand, I, I he scores I, runs. That is the thing that I've seen about him. His test debut, the unofficial games he's played for New Zealand. Every time he plays for us, he scores runs. In fact, he scores a hundred. He certainly likes the West Indies, that's for sure. <laughs> well, that would have been the game I would have played him in, so um, I would have started him in, so, um, so it wouldn't have been a bad one for him to play. I just get the feeling, though, that um, you know, look, New Zealand have relied so much and so heavily on, on Taylor and Williamson. I think this Australia game was the first real sign of those two showing the effects of, of uh, fatigue, whether that be emotional, mental or physical. I thought Ross Taylor's dismissal was out of character, out of character now, not out of character sort of four or five years ago. Um, and I think that just showed fatigue and, and a little bit of a muddled mind. And I think um, Kane would be a little bit disappointed he didn't pick up the, the slight change of pace from Stark, which he's so normally uh, very, very good at. He just didn't, didn't see the change of pace and, and just chased one or just, just allowed himself to, to chase one that was a little bit wider. Um, and that fatigue thing has to be has to be put in, into consideration because it's a it's a pretty important game on Wednesday. Well, let's look ahead to that game. It's England versus New Zealand at Chesterley Street in Durham. I don't know a great deal about this uh, this pitch. What kind of ground is it? What kind of pitch? Who's it going to favour? Um, yeah, Chesterley Street. I mean, I mean, historically Durham came in there. They came in as the 18th county, built a new ground. I mean, they've done wonders with uh, with the facilities there. They've they've there have been a few struggles there as a county over the last couple of years, but um, but we've uh, Black Caps have actually played up there a number of times, so it won't be new it won't be new to them at all. Um, high scoring game a few years ago. Um, I mean we've had players who actually have played for Durham. Um, Tom Latham and, and Henry Nichols have have both played a, played up in Durham. So 
and and I think a few of the other players have all been there before. So it, it won't be it won't be completely new to us. I mean, I'm hoping I'm hoping it'll be a be a good pitch. I mean, I, I thought just going back to that Lord's pitch, I thought it got particularly difficult to play on. Um, but now this one is uh, hopefully a new one. I see that Sri Lanka and South Africa have just played there, where where South Africa had had a very uh, big win. Um, so all being well, it'll it'll be a it'll be a good pitch, and we'll have we'll have a real fair contest. I I think we've still got those players who who can st- who can will stand up with the bat. I take your point, Ian, um, about Kane and Ross, but but you know there's there's still obviously world some of the world's to the world's best players, um, oh, yeah. and those around them. You know we've already seen Nisham that performance against Pakistan, the grand home. Um, so it is time for the rest to stand up as well. And and I'm, I'm confident that the boys will be working hard in order to do that, not just leading into the England game, um, but then then a, a couple of more steps um, into the semi-final. It's a pretty big playing surface. I have, like, I have, it's a big playing surface and it typically is pretty flat. So yeah, big ground. I would expect it to be... I would expect it to be a, uh, an easier scoring match in the second innings, especially than um, yeah, than we saw in at Lords. Table as of this morning, Australia goes to the top of the table, followed by India, then New Zealand, then England, followed by Pakistan and Bangladesh. When will we know we've made it to the semis? We don't have to beat England, do we? But it would really help. That would well. That'll that'll make it. That'll make it. If we win that game, Justin, we're 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 definitely through. Yeah. Um, uh, so so that'll yeah. That's a, that's another key key uh, factor in this in this game for us. I mean, we're going to have to beat England at some point. Might as well do it this week. <laughs> beat them any time is always a good time. Um, but I, I think the other side of it is, is you know, the, the permutations starting to happen. I mean, Bangladesh and and Pakistan are, are both capable of of getting up to a to eleven points um, as well. But they're they've got an inferior inferior run rate to, our, to to ours, which which was set up in the very first game of the tournament actually against Sri Lanka. Um, and that's and that that could be very important um, moving forward. But uh, yeah, because Bangladesh play India, um, and then Pakistan and Bangladesh play each other. So so um, it'd be just nice for us to to beat England, and then we can sit back and wait for the semi final. And there's no rain forecast. There's no rain anywhere near us. So um, so don't expect a point each. Uh, expect that one to be a game up there. Yeah. Ian O'Brien, thank you very much for that, and we'll talk to you again next week. Cheers very much. Nice guys, take care. Cheers, Ian. All the best. Thank you. Our local legend this week is bat-making master James Laver, who from his base in Hawke's Bay has been quietly making some of the best bats in the world for some of the best players in the world. Zoe George got him on the telephone to talk about what it takes to make a great bat and also the intricacies of a bizarre little thing called pod shaving. I guess the the reality there is um, the the training that you go through to actually um, learn the art of cricket bat making. That's actually called pod shaving um, um, in its sort of true form. But um, it, it's it's learning the art and then um, literally making thousands of bats. I mean, in my career, I have made over forty thousand bats now. I guess something like that by hand. Um, so rather um, labour-intensive, but uh, after that time, you, you just you, you sort of can make it in your sleep, I guess. Wow, 40,000 cricket bats. <laughs> yes, that's over quite a few years. That's over uh, more than 25 years now, so uh, that's one of those things. But uh, it's certainly... Um, yeah, when you're making by hand, you really do have to have a feel for working with the willow and working with wood. 
uh, because every piece of timber is a very different grain and uh, it has um, different properties, different uh, performance property properties, and um, they're all different weights. And it, there's a lot of variation in the, in the pieces of timber that you're working with, so each bat has to be individually crafted to get the best out of that piece of timber. You do bespoke work for clients as well, don't you? So how do you decide what the right piece of wood is for the right person? Yes, it is a very difficult one at times um, because, yes, we are... We specialise in bespoke bats for people and uh, when we get someone coming to us they may um, have no idea what type of bat is suitable. So what we'll do is go through a sizing process with the individual. Um, we'll, we'll learn all about their game, we'll ask lots of questions, the sort of shots they play, how they get out, how they score their runs, um, that kind of thing, the wickets they play on, where, what country they play in, all that sort of thing. So we actually build a picture of the cricketer in your mind. So I, I then start with that picture of the cricketer in my mind. I know what the what type of cricketer they're playing, what level they're playing, and then I can go to um, apply that to the piece of timber. So then I'll look to select a relevant piece of timber that matches the, the profile that I have in my mind of what uh, bat I want to make for them. So uh, so it is. It's not something you go on templates or you know. It's 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 a very defined process from uh, with the bat maker from your experience you know the shape that you want to make in your mind and so you literally pick the relevant piece of timber that will match that shape in your mind and then you go ahead and make it. How long does it take to make a cricket bat? So it's one of those things that it does vary a little bit but the average time it takes from the block of wood that we receive uh, from the Willow Merchants in England through to a bat um, with labels on it, it's about four hours worth of labour. But uh, over that time, you probably do that over a period of a week to 10 days because there are different stages in there. For example, when you, um, when you press the piece, piece of timber, uh, we saturate that piece of wood in uh, water. And so it's really soaked um, uh, prolifically with water and then we uh, let that sit for a while, soak it again, let it sit, and then uh, you press it. So you can actually press the surface of the timber to actually make it more resilient to actually then um, withstand the impact of a cricket ball because obviously a cricket ball is very hard. Mm. And so it's got to withstand that uh, uh, cricket ball and then actually act sort of like a trampoline to actually then force it away from the face of the bat and that's uh, a big part of that pressing process and so that takes a few days to settle and get right and get that real nice performance in the bat. That was bat making master James Laver from Laver and Wood talking to Zoe George. Bob Carter, as a high performance coach, what's your main focus? What's the thing you do first when you look at a player in the nets? Um, well, I think Justin, you always have a look at you know what, what is if he's a if he's a particularly from batting perspective. I think you always have a little look at his setup, um, you know how he stands there, um, how quickly he picks the ball up, the decision making that he makes, and likewise whether it's a, whether it's a young bowler, um, and and this could be you know men or women whether whether they run in they hit the right areas and there's a little bit of pace about them, or if they're a spinner. You know how much they turn the ball. So I think when you when you're having a look at players, that's that's always what what sort of sticks out for me that I I have a little look for. And what's your manner with the player when you're trying to tell him or her what you're seeing, what you think maybe they should work on? Oh, it's it's always about you know I always try and look at um, a player's strengths. Um, you know we're, we're we're always 
we always love to to find out somebody's faults, but um, I, I think it's more about the strengths and and how well they can play play to them and and to encourage them to play. I mean, uh, it was um, you know, I think that's the big thing. We we want them to have fun. We want them to enjoy playing cricket um, and and just just have a great time. I imagine by the time a player gets to be in front of you, they're probably no stranger to you in one way or another. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, most of the players. I mean, from from whether it's um, you know, under nineteen, under nineteen boys level, or whether it's women's development level, um, we're starting to starting to see the players um, come through. That's the elite level. What could you do if you turned your specialty skills to a filthy club cricketer like myself? <laughs> there's, there's. I always, always say, Justin. There's, there's always hope for anyone to to play. <laughs> friend of my, friend of mine rings me nearly every time after a Black Caps team is uh, selected and says, "I haven't made the team again, Bob." And I said, "No, but you know, you just got to keep on going." <laughs> Good on you. So predictions for this week: Sri Lanka meet up against the West Indies. Could go either way. Both teams already eliminated. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the West Indies started off off so well um, in, in the tournament and, and suddenly there was, I think they had a lot of hope um, but um, I think with injury and, and sort of a, a, almost like a, a little bit of a, a lack of not, not quite getting their, their game together um, consistently um, sort of blew them away really and, and sort of they go into this, this sort of, this, these last couple of games with only one win under their belt. Um, Sri Lanka, I mean, they, they held in there for a while, and if if they could have toppled over South Africa the other night, they um, you know they they could have still been in the in the tournament. But uh, it's it's been a it's been a real struggle for them as well to to put scores on the board. And then Bangladesh versus India, that could be a really interesting game. I I, I think that's that's the game, Justin, um, this week where where if Bangladesh can can sort of sneak a result, they they remain very much involved in you know as a possibility for a top four place so so ideally from where I sit um, I hope that India win that one and, um, <laughs> and they, they they remove uh, Bangladesh from any chance but this this net run rate is I think it would have to be yeah if if we were to lose to to England and and then it comes down to net run rate uh, I think that all that all unfolds in our favor um, which I, I haven't quite got all those stats but I'm sure the Oh, well, I know for a fact Paul Warren, the uh, the analyst uh, for, for the Black Caps, he will be all over this. England versus New Zealand, we've already talked about at length. Squeaky bum time for New Zealand cricket fans. West Indies versus Afghanistan. Again, not much to play for. Could be a fun game. Yeah, I mean, Afghanistan have been have been very close, haven't they? They've 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 sort of come on the brink of, of causing the uh, the odd upset, and particularly the other night against um, against Pakistan. Um, I mean, and even against India, I think they lost by about thirty or forty runs. Um, so they'll be they'll be wanting to finish finish the tournament strongly um, and being able to, to you know, again to to move Afghanistan cricket forward um, the way it has has come to date. Any team in the world would welcome Rashid Khan walking into their lineup, wouldn't they? He's a terrific bowler. Oh, I mean, uh, it's just it's just great to watch him bowl, isn't it? I mean, uh. the the skills that he has and um, yeah, and, and what he brings to the game. I mean. After after the World Cup, you know, we then move into a T Twenty mode and and a World Cup at the end of it. So, it's 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 exciting times for the for the game. That's for sure. And again, another uh, another game which could be a bit clutch: Bangladesh versus Pakistan. Yeah, well, I, I think this will be this will be some game. Um, Pakistan obviously desperate to desperate to win that. Um, to give themselves any chance at all of, of making the top four, and and, I'm, and there'll be some permutations around 
um, you know, following following our game. So I think that's the last game of the round robin. So they'll know exactly what what they have or haven't got to do. And then there's India versus Sri Lanka. Should be an easy game for India, but you know, banana skins occur. Yeah, I mean, India are interesting, aren't they? I mean, we we saw their vulnerability last night against England, um, and in in that game where where you know they they sort of got off to a, a reasonable well a reasonable start. Rohit Sharma again proving the wonderful player that he is with another another glorious hundred. Um, but but you know it's 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 a game where things can very much change, and as we've seen in England, um, the pitches have, have proved um, have played a big part. The scores are nowhere near to to what everybody thought they were going to be. Everyone thought with regular scores of of three sixty, three seventy, but it's been a lot less. And the the weather in England with with that with that, as poor as it's been, suddenly it's changed to being um, thirty three, thirty four degrees over the weekend. This has no bearing on the game whatsoever, but I'm always fascinated by the very complicated sponsorship arrangement that Indian players have. You know, when you watch um, MS Dhoni walk out to bat with one batmaker's bat, then partway through his innings, he brings out a different batmaker's bat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, and they and they changed their kit. I see last night, which yeah. was even more amazing. I, I sort of got a bit of a surprise when I when I saw them wearing um, wearing their different colours. Yeah, yeah, it was. I bet um, they changed back for the next game. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so it oh, was it was just superstition. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's they've I think because of their their amazing, you know, what the IPL has brought to them. I mean, I suppose they've got a lot of commercial sponsors that they've got to please. And then the final game of this week and the final game of this round, Australia versus South Africa. You would imagine Australia would have a. a well, you can't have an easy game against a team like South Africa, but you would imagine that Australia would win this game. Yeah, I, I would imagine, Justin. I mean, Australia have got momentum, and that's what they'll be talking about to their players to to keep that going, to keep the the sort of the winning streak uh, moving forward to the to the semi-finals. And and we know what Australia are like. You know, they they'll they'll be unrelenting. I mean, you know, we just saw a very tight game. Um, you know, start to the game against the against the Black Caps, which uh, you know, which could obviously have gone our way if we'd have managed to bowl them out for for a few less. But uh, Australia won't let up. And uh, they're going to—they're clearly showing they're going to be the team to beat. And when we talk to you all again next Monday, we will know a great deal more about what that final four is going to be. But one thing we always do, Bob, and wonder if you can help us out here. When we get people like yourself in or um, current players, we always ask them for their top pro tip. What's something that you know that players like me or players starting out don't know? What's your best pro tip for a player? Well, that's an interesting, uh, interesting question, Justin. Um, well, what, one thing I know about cricket, and and with any with any young player, and it's it's something that I always always like to like to say, if you if you're going through a tough time, you know, you just imagine yourself that there's always something worse you could be doing. For example, cricket's been my hobby, and and it's been something I've been able to do as a as a job, and um, and I always know how lucky I am. So if you're ever playing cricket and you're a pro, just think how lucky you are. That's a top, top, top pro tip. Thank you very much, Bob Carter. And that's it for this episode of Not Your Average Cricket Show. Thanks again to Ian O'Brien, Bob Carter, High Performance Coach for New Zealand Cricket, and James Labour. Not Your Average Cricket Show was produced and presented by me, Justin Gregory, and usually by Zoe George. She'll be back again next Monday. The engineer, as always, is William Saunders, and the executive producer is Tim Watkin. You can subscribe to every Not Your Average Cricket Show episode at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public or at rnz.co.nz forward slash series. 
And while you're on Apple, please rate us by clicking on Ratings and Review, then the stars. It's dead easy and it's really important because that way more people get to hear about us. And if you want to share your picks or have a suggestion for a local legend, email us at cricket at rnz.co.nz. Noho mai. We'll catch you later on Monday. <laughs>